0: Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Bible Talks. We are continuing talking about dating relationships, and this is what everyone wants to know, Casey. Is there only one for me in dating? Is there the one? I was just asked this the other day. I don't know what I said.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this question gets asked all the time. Um, you know, and- uh, I certainly asked it before mm-hmm. um, I got married. Um, is there one for me? Okay, so remember the whole point of this uh, show is really to say, okay, well, what does the Bible say about things? Right, right. We're in this series dating and relationships. It's uh, and and the the truth of the matter, if you listen to the last episode, you, you heard this. The Bible just doesn't talk a lot about dating. Um, it talks predominantly about how to be a, a, a Christian talks all about how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it just doesn't really mention this area. And so we're all kind of just you know shooting in the dark here. Um, and I've got a little bit of Bible to back up. I have a specific position. I'll give you that position. Okay. I've got a little bit of Bible to back it up. I, I realize that the Bible's shaky maybe at best, but it's it's what I got, right? right. Because the Bible doesn't talk about it, so right. I'm, I'm going off of what I have. Um, we'll take it, but everybody does ask this question, man. It's so funny. Um, and, and the first thing I would say is most of the time people ask this question out of fear, um, because they don't want to mess something up. Um, they don't want to choose wrong, um, and derail their whole life. And so, um, I I would just say, uh, before we even answer this question, if you're asking this question and there really is a level of fear, maybe you're in a relationship, you're talking to somebody and you're going crap am i gonna make the wrong decision and is god gonna leave me is my marriage gonna be doomed you mm. know like what if there really is only one person and i chose wrong um and and if that's if if that's you i would just say um that the lord even even if let's say there is only one person for you um and let's say that hypothetically you chose wrong god's still good he's still in the um business of redeeming things. Right. And God is is pro marriage. And the second you make vows and say I do and you go under covenant, God is pro your marriage. Um and he will fight for your marriage and he will see, he wants to see your marriage be full of joy mm-hmm. whether or not you, you know, quote unquote or hypothetically, you know, chose the wrong person. And so um
0: That's comforting.
1: Yeah, I don't think you need to I don't think you need to ask this question out of fear. Right. Um, because God promises he'll never leave you or forsake you. Um if you acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways, he will make your path straight, right? Which kind of implies that we're going to acknowledge up the Lord bit. and get off on the wrong path. And he's like, it's cool, I got you. <laughs> um, so there is such a safety net of grace. There's such a safety net um, of of God's goodness and mercy. And so I just want to say that before I even give my position, because my position is um, I tend to think that there could be just one, that there's that there could be one person for you. Wow. Yeah, I know. Shocker of the century. <laughs> um, that tends to be my position. Now, I, I realize that we actually have other leaders in our environment, and there are other people um, who are way smarter than me and who have way more life experience than me who would differ on my opinion. And mm-hmm. so um, my opinion is, I think it is at least possible that God has um, one person for you. Now, now let me tease that a little bit. In other words, I think it's possible that God has a perfect will for you.
0: Mm.
1: Right? Now, I think it's probable that we're gonna screw up God's perfect will. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I, I think um in the same manner that it's like God's perfect will for the children of Israel was actually to make it into the promised land. Right. On the first try. But on the first try. <laughs> right. <laughs> They due to their disobedience, they died in the in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Right. But that, that didn't change the fact that God's actual desire was to get them there. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made that promise and said, This is my desire. And so right. I think um I think it's possible that God says, Hey, um, in the perfect scenario, I think this is the person for you. This is the person I've made for you. This is right. And ultimately we have free will as to whether or not um we want to to choose that person or if we want to inquire of the Lord um, to see if that's the right person. Mm. But let me just, I'll give you the little bit of Bible that I have and then I'll, I'll kind of play this out in some scenarios. Um, in the very beginning, God first creates Adam and he creates Adam out of the dirt, right? Out of the dust of the earth. And then he, he forms Adam and he breathes life into Adam. Right. And, one of the, the the kind of hermeneutical principles, and, and that's, the, that's the word for you know how to, how to study and read the Bible, I use that a lot. Um, one of the hermeneutical principles that I like to use is um, we don't want to just look at what God does or says, we want to look at what He doesn't say and doesn't do, because God's very intentional in everything that He does, and everything that He does is very thought through, mm-hmm. and He's God, and He's bound by nothing. And so, especially when we look at the creation, it's really cool to look at and go, why did He do the things that He did and the manner in which He did them? because he could have done them any other way, right? Yeah. So when God's setting up the laws of the universe and he's setting up everything, he could choose to do it however he wants, and he chose to do it very specifically, very meticulously, um, and very thought through um, a specific way. That specific way was I'm forming uh, Adam out of the earth, I'm gonna breathe life into him. Right. And it says, um, and then uh, he sees that it, it is not good for man to be alone, it's not good for Adam to be alone, and so, what does he do? He causes a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he makes a helper suitable for him, is what the Bible says a helper mm-hmm. suitable for him. Mm-hmm. You say, Well, how, what's the further evidence that she was supposed to be suited for him? Because she didn't come out of the dirt. She comes out of him. Right. Right? His and rib. His rib right? And so it's not just, it's not just, um, you know, we like to look at that and go, well, well, womankind came out of mankind. I think that's, I I think obviously you can go there, but let's go real personal. It was a helper suited for Adam, and so God took a rib from Adam, and out of it fashioned Eve, right? And we like to look at it as, this is a story about you know, mankind and womankind. And, and it's it's actually not, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't think it is. I think it could secondarily be about that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just looking at the text, it's a story about Adam and it's a story about Eve, right? And that's our first relationship. That's our first marriage. Right. Right? That's the first marriage that's untainted by sin. And the only marriage that's ever been untainted by sin that we have to look at. And so begs the question, you know, what was God doing? And I, I think so he he causes deep sleep to fall on Adam, takes a rib makes Eve, Adam wakes up, and he says, um, it's actually a, it's a, it's a poem, it's a song, it's the very first song that we see in the Bible, and it's a love song. Mm-hmm. He says, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of me, right? In other words, what he's saying is, this is, this is she who completes me, right? She's, she's taken from me, I'm complete when I'm with her, okay? And so the hermeneutical principle of, let's see what God doesn't do, what God could have done and decided not to do is to make a dozen different Eves, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, due to whatever preferences that Adam may enjoy, right? So you have blonde hair Eve, you have dark hair Eve, you have right. tall Eve, you have short Eve, you have redhead Eve, you have tan Eve, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, INTJ Eve, you have ESTP Eve, you have Enneagram 6 Eve, you have Enneagram 4 Eve, right? Like like he could have done, you know, a myriad of combinations mm. and personality types and, you know, uh, and lined them up and said, okay, it's not good for you to be alone. Here's a bunch of women, right? <laughs> Choose. Choose. But he doesn't do that. Yeah. And he, it was well within his rights to do it that way, right? He could have, right? Very he could have said, this is the beginning, yeah. this is how I want you to roll, Basically, Adam, The Bachelor. Why well, don't what you're it, describing? Right, it was yeah, it's an episode of The Bachelor. <laughs> right? All right, Adam, take him out on some dates. Don't cross some lines. Who do you give you your know? rose to? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, right? But he doesn't do that. Instead, he, as um, a, a, an all-knowing, uh, omnipotent, omnis- omniscient father. Looks at his son, and, and the genealogy in Luke, one clearly indicates that Adam was seen as a son, not just as a man, mm-hmm. right? Looks at his son and says, okay, I know you, son. I know what you need. I know what you're going to need. I know your likes. I know your dislikes. I know you better than you know yourself. Right. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to form a a human being. I'm going to form someone just for you that is well-suited, um, or, or the better language maybe would be tailor-made just mm-hmm. for you, Adam. hmm so we get Eve, right? And he gets up and he sings this wonderful love song. And so that makes me think that's I that's that thought makes me go, okay. I think it's at least possible that God has a person out there, one person well suited for you. Right. Okay. Suited is the key word. Though. Well suited for you, right? Mm-hmm. That God potentially could tailor make somebody and say, This, you know, Shelly is perfect for so and so right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, For me, Kristen is perfect for Casey. I have made Kristen well-suited for Casey. Um, And and in perfect will, right, we make that happen. Um, So that's my Bible. I realize that you could say that that's a little shaky. I think it sounds pretty bulletproof when I say it, (laughs) right? Very convincing. It's pretty convincing. (laughs) Okay, but let's let's look at the ramifications of that because here's where people who disagree with me would go, okay, well this is this is ridiculous because if God has one person for you and and if 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 only one person from, you know, uh, you know, thousands of years ago chose the wrong person, it creates a domino effect and now nobody's choosing the right people at all, right? Like that's True. where we go. And and I would just say um that's fair if you're thinking logically.
0: <laughs> okay, I
1: get that but to some degree god is not held hostage to our logic and god's perfect will is not held hosti- hostage to our thinking mm-hmm. and and i i have to believe to some degree to some degree um that if god is omniscient he knows not just everything that was not just everything that will be not just everything that is present but he knows everything that could be right and in his omniscience in him that knows everything that could possibly be known and then some right right and he is omnipotent, meaning that he has all power sitting in the palm of his hand. There's nothing he can't do. There's nothing he can't work around. That he cannot somehow weave all of our free will and our choices together to where it, it kind of mitigates that domino effect. So I I would hold to you, I think God's sovereign enough, big enough, strong enough, powerful enough, mm-hmm. and all-knowing enough that even if one person or if I miss it, he can reorient, uh, reorchestrate the entire universe for his perfect will and his fittings. And so, um, now it sounds great and that sounds lofty. And, I, and I've, I've talked to lots of people who are smarter than me again, who, who just disagree and mm-hmm. that's okay. What I am not saying is, um, I used to be really dogmatic and be like, this is how it is. Right. It's one person. Mm-hmm. I, I like to leave room for both. Right, I like to leave room that maybe for some people God has one person for, and it's very, it's very specific, um, and maybe for others He lets them choose, right? Um, because that's kind of the way. Like some people have, you know, uh, I just don't think it has to be cookie cutter for everybody. Um, Paul had a very specific mandate, right, from the Lord, right, right? go preach to the Gentiles, and because of that, um, he had a very specific. Um, he himself had a very specific calling that not every other apostle had. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I look at that and I go, Okay, it, it's it's possible that some person can have a strong calling um to do it one particular way and to do something one particular way. Um, and and another person have a very different calling. So I think it's I, I think I just look at it and go, I think people should leave room for the fact that God may have one person for you. I don't think it's mandatory that that that, that that really is the case right and so here's how i would look at it i'd go um in my experience most people <laughs> most people don't want god to come anywhere near their relationships because it's too personal well wow. and it requires it requires too much crucifixion of oneself right and so um if I'm honest with you, I've had this conversation so many times. Um, they'll people will meet with me and go, "I'm really trying to figure out what God's call is on my life, right? Yeah, and they'll they all go, want to know. yeah. What, what where, where am I supposed to go? What am I mm-hmm. supposed to do? What's my vocation? Yep. Right. And and what they really want is for God to show them what they're supposed to do, because they want God to have His way, mm-hmm. right? Um, I've had that conversation. Um, I've had this conversation. What school does God want me to go to? right? Mm-hmm. I've graduated high school and I've got five colleges on the table and I need to know where the Lord wants me to go. Um, so in other words, Lordship is is widely accepted in every other area except for this, <laughs> right? Any other area where like, yes, Lord, tell me what to do and I'll do it because I trust your way is better than my way. We know, We have an aversion typically to doing that with relationships because it might cost too much, mm. right? Or it might supersede something that we want, so badly. Right. And so I've had that conversation. And then with those same people, they'll come up and go, um, you know, they'll, they'll be in a relationship and I go, well, have you, have you prayed about it? Did you feel like, you know, this, this relationship to the Lord And them to be like, yeah, I don't, the Lord doesn't really get a say so in that. Like, I think he's going to bless, you know, he'll bless me when I, you know, if, if this is something I want to do and I'm going, I think, I think a good rule of thumb is to try to embrace lordship in every place that we can. Yes. And I think if, God, if we're, if we're going to try to be consistent in the way that we think, if God can have a preference um, or a perfect will, to use the language I used before, to what school I go to or what job I choose or what state I live in, what degree I get, right? Then what church I go to, then why can't he have a perfect will in who I marry? And oh, by the way, why wouldn't I want him to choose and to show me, mm-hmm. because he's going to do a much better job. Because he knows me now; he knows me better than I know myself. He knows right. what I'm going to need. He knows what I'm going to want. He knows what I'm going to, uh, you know. He, he just he's he's a much better um, he, he's much better at directing my life in that area <laughs> than than I am. Because right. I'm going to be honest with you, my history is when I don't listen to the Lord on the area of dating and relationships, it always ends badly.
0: Right, and so. That's a
1: pride problem, honestly. It's a pride problem. It's it's idolatry of self. I mean, there's a lot to it. Mm -hmm. And so I think where, though I would say I think God probably has somebody for people, or at least that's a possibility for some people, um, I would ask the question, if if you're asking this question, I would go, okay, am I willing to allow the Lord um, to actually reign over this area in my life? Am I willing to just say, God, I, I want you to pick? Right. Now he may come back and go, that's really great. It may be like a um, an Abraham-Isaac sacrifice, right? I just wanted to see that you were willing to do it. Mm. Why don't you go choose? You know, yeah. like it, it could be that kind of a moment, right? I'll bless you. They need to be, you know, obviously they need to be Christian. They need to right. hit, meet some of those biblical requirements. But um I think a good place to be is to say, okay, Lord, I I I'm willing for you to show me who I'm supposed to be with, because I trust you. And the beauty of that. Now this brings this whole other thing into it, man, that maybe we could talk about another episode. But actually, I tell you what, how much time are we at? All right. We I'll just going I'm gonna go here for just a moment because I think it's important. The reason the reason I think that we don't allow the Lord to have say so in this area in our life is because we ascribe to the heart wants what it wants,
0: mm. right?
1: And what we do is we say, "I love so and so. I'm going to choose who I love, or my heart's going to choose for me, and therefore, and and I should get to marry the person that I love, right? And and everything's birthed out of love. And I would just say that the Bible, the Bible indicates that um, love shouldn't lead to commitment, but commitment should lead to love, right? Wow. So Matthew chapter six. Um, really bears out this whole premise. And the premise is this, where your treasure is, there your heart is. It doesn't say where your heart is, there your treasure is. Right. It doesn't say that which I love, I'll invest in. It mm-hmm. says that which I invest in, I'll begin to love. Wow. Right? That's and so um, I, I, I have seen it happen. Um, I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in other people's lives that when I begin to give myself fully to something, the natural response to that commitment and that investment is my heart. Starts to burn for it, mm. um, and and really that's how um, that's how our relationship is with Jesus, right? If mm-hmm. if we're honest, we you get to the place where like I've I have given myself and I have invested and I have committed to this, and out of that my heart has come alive and I really I really burn, and so um, I think that if we if we can kind of understand that ultimately commitment breeds love and investment breeds love, um, it can help mitigate that concern. So like, um, if you feel like the Lord tells you, Hey, this, this is the person I want you to marry, right? This is the person I want you to be with. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I don't even really necessarily love that person yet. I don't have what the world might call, you know, that loving feeling that, you know, yeah. I don't got the feels, I don't have the affection or the, you know, the, uh, um, infatuation rather. Right. Right. That must not be the Lord. And I would just say, I, I think you should maybe explore that if you feel like the Lord's saying, you know, hey, this friendship is more than a friendship, I think that might be worth exploring only because I have seen it happen when you start to commit to something, your heart begins to follow. Um, and I honestly think, I'm not pro-arranged marriage or anything, but I think <laughs> that's why you have such a low divorce rate in arranged marriages. And I've I've talked to couples before who mm. um, were part of an arranged marriage and mm-hmm. they love each other deeply and it's because they gave themselves fully to one another.
0: Wow. Right? And right.
1: it's it's so...
0: It's so hard in today's culture because there's so many choices and so many options. And oh, if I yeah. commit to this person, I don't know, there's somebody better for me that is funnier. Or like, this one's, this one's nice, but there might be somebody nicer. So uh-huh. like, suitable doesn't always mean perfect for
1: you. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Which is yeah, it may not hit your standard of perfection.
0: Right. Yeah. But it's what God had for you. Like, yeah. Adam and Eve's relationship wasn't perfect no Eve and, and got well, Adam into some trouble that's what I
1: think is so funny right is right like the, the helper well suited to him mm-hmm. you know you know caused this whole you know fallen race thing right you know like well
0: challenged him and he, yeah. he didn't he wasn't up for the challenge
1: no he wasn't but no
0: that was what was supposed to happen you know
1: yeah yeah so I, I I don't I like I said I've got Bible for it and there are smart people who would say no you just choose and then God uh, you know, God blesses because he's pro-marriage and mm. and I would just I would say if if you want to ascribe to that I think I don't think you're I don't think you're violating any scripture um but I would just challenge you to make sure that you are allowing him to have lordship in every area of your life because right. that's the call of a Christian right. none of us hit it perfectly but if there's one area that I want him to have lordship in that's going to affect every aspect of my life the rest of my life it's mm-hmm. that area right. And so, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. And then uh, I just a gentle reminder that even if you mess it, even if you mess mess it up or miss it, um, God's safety net of grace is is totally there, man. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, I think we just need to be do a better job of inquiring of the Lord before we get into a relationship, right not once we're in it and our love is there and we're already attached and because mm-hmm. then you're not hearing right too late. dude oh. i can't tell you how many times <laughs> i've done it where yep. it's like you know well i'm just going to test the waters a little bit i don't really know if the lord's in it we'll, we'll start to date and all of a sudden my heart comes alive and and i'm like man i really love this girl and i'm like i'm going after it and mm-hmm. and i start to pray about it and the lord's like Yeah, this is probably not right, and I know that he's really saying that, and all my friends are saying that, and my wise counsel's saying that, and Mm. the Bible's saying that because we're in compromise, and so -hmm. clearly this was not the Lord's will, and yet I'm like, but I really love her, maybe, you know? And it's like, you just don't hear right, and you can't Mm -hmm. make decisions when you're in that stage, so it's I just feel like it's probably a better place to start by going, is God in this? And if God's in this, I can give myself to it. Right. Um, You just gotta ask that question,
0: do you have someone for me, or do I get to choose, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think and that's where we have to can, go. And I think you have to be will willing to go either way.
1: right? Um, and, and if you're in the, well, the Lord doesn't say I have one person for you. I really felt like he had one person for me. I really did. And mm-hmm. and I will die, you know, mm-hmm. on, you know, on my deathbed. I would be like, Kristen was the one person for me without a shadow of a doubt. I know it, right? But to the people who don't have that, I would say for you, you just need to acknowledge the Lord, um, do your best to make sure he has Lordship in that area. Right. And... When you choose, just know that God's got your back and you're going to be okay, right? You can have a vibrant marriage, whether you were, you know, whether you had one, whether it was one person or whether you got to choose, right? I I think. So that's my, that's my appeal.
0: Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed that conversation and that you were ministered to. Please remember to follow us and to leave a good rating on your preferred streaming platform. And if you want to learn more about gatekeepers, visit GateCityATL.com gatekeepers. See you in the next episode.